What up? I'm Chalanga. I'm Dylan. And this is the C in D pod. Dylan, I'm loving this new name. Oh, it's C and D, baby. Flows off that slithery, slithery tongue. It took us a long time, but it's 2021 now, and we are a new podcast. New year, new pod, right? New year, new mate. Are we going to do that next this year? You know, normally around this time, we do a, a uh, a trade machine pod where we do one trade for every team but since the trade deadline is pushed back i think we're gonna have to push it back a little bit and we're gonna have to come up with a new deal that's fair but today let's do some trade machine anyway <laughs> we will end. be doing some trade machine so we got a few things to talk about obviously we're going to talk about the game that just happened last night um unfortunately the timberwolves lost to the denver nuggets 124 to 109 another double digit loss uh and the past four games it's it was been a, a pretty rough let's not parse Wolves. words it was another 20 point loss let's like we we were down 20 and then we put in Jaden mcdaniels and he happened to make five make like score <laughs> five points right off the bat and then he was a plus five in those minutes yep. in that one minute so yeah so it was a 20 point loss it was another blowout um uh, so we're gonna have to talk about that we're gonna have some real stupid news with a very special guest on the pod and we're gonna finish with Wait. some fake trades what's up Who's going to be on the podcast, Chilling? You didn't tell me this. Oh, oh, you didn't. Sorry. I guess they sent this email just to me. They sent this to my personal email. But the Wolves actually yeah. asked me, um, being the like, you know, the the blog boy that I am with all this clout, to bring Ryan Saunders in. And and, and we're I'm breaking this now. And, and just so you know, I'm break. This is breaking news. But wait, what? Ryan Saunders is getting fired, and I have to do it. What? I know. You're, you're giving his exit interview. Yep, he he is going to do his exit interview with me, and the Wolves gave me the directive that if if he can do well in the interview, then we'll give him another chance. But if he if he can't pass the interview questions, then he is kaput. Oh my god! I know, I, I know. And look, I've long been on the Ryan Saunders train and said, give him a chance. I like him. This is actually going to be really. Whalen, maybe this opens the door for Lindsey Whalen for finally, finally. Um. <laughs> So yeah, that's a that's big pressure on me. That's later on. But first, let's start with a game recap. So this game, the Wolves started with D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jarrett Culver, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and Ed Davis. Dylan, what did you think of this starting lineup? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could say it. Go ahead. I tried to like talk myself into it. I really did. I really did. Oh, Chalinka, by the way, what are your levels right now? Sorry. Uh, am I, am I quiet? No, you're really loud. Uh, I, oh. I was, are they around where they were last time? Yeah, I didn't. I haven't touched it. Then I'm going to turn mine up. If the, oh, no, wait, you turn yours a hair down, actually. Okay. Uh, just because it's you have such quiet gain right now. It doesn't really matter. That like to get close or whatever, so we don't. Then we don't have to worry about clipping at all. Uh, just because cool. you were a little, you were like significant, significantly louder with your brand new mic. Congratulations, by the way. Hey, thanks to Cole Benson and Dylan Carlson and Emily Lazier for getting me a beautiful new microphone. Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday, Chalanga. Okay, dab, dab, dab. I'm 27 now. We? What up? Where, where were we? I didn't yeah, know you were only a year and a half younger than I am. Uh, yeah, what, baby. what do I oh what I thought about this starting lineup holy crap Yeah, you were trying to talk yourself into it and then what happened oh my god okay so I was like giving them benefit of the doubt I was like okay maybe Ed Davis oh yeah 
Jim Pete's like, you know, he sets screens. That's his that's his primary use in this offense. And he's gonna he's gonna help D'Lo play really well. D'Lo did end up playing pretty well, but uh Ed Davis can't do shit. Like he was sitting there. The <laughs> only thing he's useful for on offense when he's down low is offensive rebounds. And he got a couple offensive rebounds, but then he tried to make a layup and he looked exactly like our man Cream E. Biggums when he was trying to shoot threes. Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> it's Adams, Spicy Adams. Spice Adams. Created this character, Creamy Biggums, who just is hilarious. And Ed Davis looked hilarious underneath the rim. He looked like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Ah, of course. <laughs> You remember Philip Seymour Hoffman in Along Came Polly? He's like, rain dance. Let it rain. I do not remember that. I'm sorry. I've only, gotta, I saw Along Came Polly one time. It was a long time ago. It's you got to watch that basketball scene over again because Philip Seymour Hoffman was legend. That was the most legendary basketball pickup game in any, any movie of all time. I promise you. I will uh, watch it again. Um, so uh, uh, you're saying Ed Davis was bad. You didn't like watching him play. Ed Davis is the worst player in the Timberwolves. Ed Davis is 25 wow. times worse than Rondé Hollis Jefferson could possibly be in Chalanga's opinion. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I think the thing that, so I, I get the idea of, of starting Ed Reed just to save Ed, Ed Davis. Ed Reed. God, Ed Davis. <laughs> Chlinga, are you a football fan? <laughs> Look, I uh, I was just on a w- what some might call a bender, a bender. <laughs> and uh, my brain isn't quite working right yet. Um, <laughs> but... haven't even gotten to the game yet. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. But look, I, I get the idea of starting Ed Davis. Save Nazvi the foul trouble because Jokic is a tough match. But man, oh man, Ed Davis couldn't do shit against Nikola Jokic. He looked like a little kid out there. I tweeted during the game, and I mean it. Is Ed Davis any bigger than Anthony Edwards? Is Ed Davis any bigger than Chalanga Langison? <laughs> he looked, he's definitely bigger than me he, but i mean he looked about six six two fifteen yeah that's way bigger than me uh, so. yeah okay well but that is tiny like i thought he was i thought he was at least like substantial well maybe part of it did he used to have more hair on his head maybe that was part of it that made me he used to have big hair that yeah, might be he used it to have very big hair he might need yeah to he's listed at out six, again. nine just for yeah. intimidation's sake. <laughs> exactly. He's this is at 69218. And I mean, Jokic just bullied his ass. I mean, he got lucky that Jokic got three early offensive fouls. Otherwise, Thanks it would have looked Nas a lot Reed. worse. Thanks yes. to Nas Reed. Yes. Um, which seems like it's the only thing he's good for on defense. Actually, no, but we were talking about this also. Nas Reed is the better matchup on Nikola Jokic. What are you doing, Ryan Saunders? You're not matching up against the other team. I know what the I know we all know what he was doing offensively was trying to get mm-hmm. D'Lo going early. Mm-hmm. Obviously. It worked okay, but defensively we looked like crap that yeah, whole dude. First quarter. How about instead of being afraid that your player is going to foul out, you trust your best matchup against the the best other team's best player? player maybe the and then maybe you top figure five it out. Yeah, yeah. And if Nasri gets in foul trouble, then you figure it out. But like, you can't you can't just go into the game assuming that Nasri is going to be getting into foul trouble. That is a terrible, terrible well, coaching decision. You can, but you also can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, you just you you have to be prepared for that inevitability but yeah. you can't 
do it first. You, you know, can't start the guy who um, like I don't know. I there's nothing that Ed Davis brings to the table. Like I get screens, but like not really. Not so. Really. The, the game really sucked. The only p- player that had it going really was Malik Beasley. It took him, I think, a whole half to miss a shot. Revenge game. Uh, but uh, you know, everyone else just looked totally. Uh, kaput in the in the first half the third quarter came around and d'angelo russell suddenly turned up he was throwing no look passes he was hitting difficult shots um he was he was like playing a really impressive third quarter and the wolves actually won the third quarter i haven't looked it up but i think it's the first third quarter the wolves have ever won in the entire yeah. history of them being a franchise yeah ben um, said that on the podcast or on the, yep <laughs> on the broadcast the prod broadcast yeah, since since 1989, they have not won a single third quarter. So that was pretty impressive. Wait, wait since 1989? Um, uh, yeah, since since they became a franchise, they that have not feels, won a third quarter. That feels like it's true. That feels like it plays <laughs> out. Um, and then the fourth quarter came around, and I, I guess I'm not sure exactly what happened. I, I'm in, I'm 100 sure what happened. Yeah, tell me there tell were, me what happened. There were no plays called, and then. Ricky Rubio was like, just like given the ball and he called his own number a bunch of times. And then uh, Malik Beasley called his own number at one point as if those people think that they're James Harden or some kind of shit. And we ended up going like five possessions in a row scoreless and the Denver Nuggets got about five three-pointers. I don't know if this is exact, but five three-pointers yeah. out of that, including Compazzo. Like, he went five for seven from three in yep. the game. A five-foot-eleven three-point shooter should never, ever, 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 ever go five for seven in an NBA basketball game. Here's what I'll say about that. He is pretty sneaky, but I, you know what the, the real big key here was? Is no that... The, and and the Wolves went to the zone, and the Nuggets completely Jokic eviscerated the zone. Yes, he, I mean was passing like he knew exactly where everybody was going every second. Well, and it's and it's actually was really helpful for them to have Capazzo on the court too because that dude is a brilliant ass passer. And with Jokic just like filling up the middle, and Capazzo just like running around, moving the ball like a like a frenetic like little rabbit or something like i don't know <laughs> how to exactly to describe it but that just ate up the zone and, and the wolves couldn't stop the nuggets to save their lives um i will say that one of my biggest issues with this team is our lack of ability to um close out no that <laughs> offensively uh to take to to attack off the dribble so like there was this play where uh rubio got this got switched on to Jokic, and it's like oh great the point good is guard is on Jokic the the Nuggets are like always super intentional to like make sure that Jokic doesn't get caught in that action because he is so easily abused and Ricky Rubio could not take advantage of it he couldn't get shape yet though I I, yeah no he's clearly not he's he looks incredibly slow but then you move past Ricky Rubio I mean really the only player that can attack off the dribble is Anthony uh, Edwards. Anthony Edwards. And he did <laughs> it once. He did it once. The yes. only player who is more stagnant than Jokic on the floor, which is Paul Millsap. And it was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> I don't know if I would call it like it wasn't elite because I don't think Paul Millsap moved more than three steps in that entire drive. But I will say it was nice to see it. It was very nice to see it. Anthony Edwards 
always is showing us to get to Anthony Edwards at this point. Anthony Edwards mm-hmm. is always showing us at least one skill that we haven't seen before in every single game. In this game, it was that he can attack off the dribble and get a dunk off of it. Yes. And, and you know, in the fourth quarter, uh, Monte Morris was guarding Anthony Edwards primarily. And let me tell you, uh, Anthony Edwards is like three inches, probably 30 pounds heavier than Monte Morris. The Wolves and Ryan Saunders should have been attacking that every time down the floor because uh, Anthony Edwards showed also the ability to pass. So like once he gets that, uh, you know, mismatch just exploited, there's, I think that he would be able to then manipulate it to pass out of that and get D'Lo or Beasley or Wancho or whoever's in the game wide open looks. It's just like it's it's astounding to me. I understand that there is a pecking order, but like at this point, four blowout losses in a row, you got to start to be creative and 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 like push your guys. You know, as soon as Carl Anthony Towns and Josh Okoge go out within the same half game, mm-hmm. you have to. <laughs> Decide to be creative. Just do something. Do something to help your team in the long run. Because obviously, in the short run, your team is not going to win a lot of games without two of the top three players, likely. I'm I'm not including D'Angelo Russell in that right now because he is in timeout still at this point. He led the team again in plus minus in a negative way. He was negative 21. So at this point, Josh Okoge, maybe the third best player in the Timberwolves, Carlton Towns the best player in the Timberwolves. If both of those players are out, just get creative. Do something crazy. Mm-hmm. Maybe it will work to, to give Anthony Edwards that run. And you have to do it. Just put the ball in his hands and see what happens. Because we don't know what we have until we see it in person. That's my same thing about like Jordan McLaughlin. Like putting Jordan McLaughlin down 30 against the Clippers or whatever over Jaden McDaniels. Like, come on. Like we got to get the right mix in the game too, and we mm-hmm. right, right. Yes, here, here. yes. Uh, yes. And Development and trying to win. It's it's got to be a beautiful marriage. Exactly. So in these games that we're not expecting to win, we're not going to win in LA without our two of our three best players. Obviously, no matter how many players Los Angeles Clippers and Lakers have out, we're not going to beat those teams without two of our three best players. Because let's let's be honest, this team is one player deep. The Timberwolves are one player deep. Yep, Let's all admit it to ourselves. There's one person that matters, and it's Carl Anthony Downs, and that is and, it. And and unfortunately, like the rest of the league, they have a couple of players, but we only have one. And if we only have one, let's do something a little bit unique. Let's do something crazy. And if it works out, then that's so good for our franchise in the long run. If it doesn't work out, it's still good for our franchise in the long run because we're at least giving Anthony Edwards a chance to develop. We're at least giving Jaden McDaniels a chance to develop by giving him up more than four minutes in that Clippers game or whatever he got. He should have been there in the entire second half, you know? And it's just give your young guys a shot. Just give them a shot while while you aren't expecting to win. Well, one young player that did get a shot tonight was Jarrett Culver. And Jarrett Culver has... has- shown that this year he is he appears to have made some strides um he 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 played with a lot of confidence tonight he finished with uh 20 points yes. six rebounds three steals 
on eight of 13 from the floor, three of six from the free throw line. Dylan, what were your thoughts on Jericho over tonight? I know the three of six really hurts, especially because like he was three of four until late in the fourth where he got to the line and missed both of them in a row. And it looked rough mm-hmm. and ugly, but he looked really aggressive at the rim, which is awesome. He's not as timid as he was last season. And I think part of the reason why he was so timid last season was because of his free throw percentage. He was at 46% from the free throw line this year. He's a little bit better than that. I don't know what, what exactly he's at, but being three for six from the line kind of gives me a little bit of scar tissue, like, like some acid flashbacks to those days. (laughs) Like I don't want, I don't ever want to see him miss two free throws in a row. It's, it just, it makes me hurt. And he ended up being one for four from three point land. And that ended up looking fine, but ultimately he missed three in a row when the game mattered. And he only made that one when it was uh very, very garbage time at the end against the Nuggets. And the, the misses were not like soft misses. They were pretty, they were pretty, they were pretty ugly. So, but I, I, I do love his aggressiveness. And, and like one of the problems the Wolves have are, is, is attacking the rim. And if, if he can continue to do that, like he was tonight, I mean, like that when he tried to posterize, uh, did he try to post posterize Jokic or Millsap? I, I can't remember. I don't remember. He posterized, he tried to posterize a lot of guys in that game. There was like three, there, he had two missed dunks in that game. And then yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I love that. I want to see him continue to play with that aggressiveness. Cause even if the shot doesn't, you know, I, I, I imagine the shot won't be, uh, NBA average anytime soon, (laughs) but if he can, you know, attack the rim with force and and shoot at least, you know, mid sixties from the free throw line, then we're talking about someone who could maybe be a player just because he is such a good defender. Exactly. And he wasn't good tonight. I will say he looked slow against Jamal Murray. Everyone looks slow against Jamal Murray. That's That's a hard match for him. It is a hard match and he's a little smaller. But uh, I do like what I've seen out of him so far from the other games. He's looked really fast, and he's looked like one of the only Timberwolves that has that like NBA closeout speed, which is mm-hmm. awesome. I love that yeah. from him. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of Jarek Culver aggression at the rim and on, on the defensive end uh, to, to fight through screens and on closeouts. So uh, if he can do all of that and, and keep that energy, then he's going to be an NBA player. And at the very least... He'll have trade value, which is maybe even more important. Um, Another player who was impressive tonight, um, who appeared to be back to form, perhaps we could say, is Jake Lehman. Yes! Um, I know you you have some thoughts about your boy Jake L, Dylan. Go ahead. I have more feelings than thoughts about Jake L. I don't know what what happened to him on the floor. But he was cutting so hard in that Wizards game. He looked so good. I was ready to write, like, through two and a half quarters, right, right about when Nas Reed, uh, right about when Nas Reed had to be pulled because of foul trouble against the against the Wizards on Friday, I was ready to write that Jake Lehman coming out piece, uh, because I've always believed that he is better than he has shown. He has been better, and he's such a smart player. He knows how to get the ball in places where he can score, um, and he knows where to be on defense. He's a very smart player overall. He ended up only being two for four, but a, a highlight that I want, just want to acknowledge is that behind the back pass that happened when he when he got the ball to Malik Beasley at the end of the third. Oh mm-hmm. my God, that was beautiful. He it was a behind the back pass bounce pass right into Malik Beasley's shooting pocket, and he swished it, and it was Yo, beautiful. I will say, 
you know, what I'm learning about Jake Lehman is that he just is not an NBA starter. And so when he's put up against NBA starters, of course he looks bad. Uh, but he has a spot on on a second unit, um, at, at least on the Wolves' second unit. <laughs> Maybe not every team's second unit. Yeah, he but... might have a spot on the Wolves' starting unit, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did. So, you know, let's, that, stop that's, pretending, let's stop pretending like we have a power forward, especially with Josh Okogi out. But even with Josh mm-hmm. Okogi back, let's stop pretending like we have a power forward in Josh Okogi or Jarrett Culver or any of these guys who are just undersized. Um, the the last thing I want to say is I think that we need to acknowledge Malik Beasley's game tonight. He did a great job. He uh, was uh, 10 of 16 from the floor. He scored 25 points, had seven rebounds, five assists, a steal, and two blocks. And uh, he really, when the Wolves needed some points and some energy and, and some action, he really stepped up and provided a lot of that. Unfortunately, his play was nowhere near enough to uh <laughs> help the the Timberwolves win uh but you know that's not really his role his role it will never and can never be the leading scorer on a team that wins games it's just it's it's not Malik Beasley Gary Harris who is lining up next to him at shooting guard is making 19 million dollars a year you don't think that had anything to do with the way that Malik Beasley played tonight he was offered <laughs> he was offered basically that in 2 years by the Denver mm-hmm. Nuggets and mm-hmm. yet Gary Harris looks like he does in this terrible start for the Nuggets like Gary Harris is one of the reasons uh, also there there are many there are a couple of reasons Jamal Murray has looked up and down and has not been shooting the ball well until tonight of course, of uh, course. but but Gary Harris is one of the reasons why the Nuggets have looked so bad. And there is no way that Malik Beasley wasn't thinking about that 19 million that Gary Harris is making this year and, and trying to show the Nuggets that what they could have had, what they could have had. If they had just given him three more million dollars, they could have had Malik Beasley. You know, just, just so everyone's clear, Gary Harris tonight was one of eight. And he scored two points. And he looked worse than that. <laughs> yeah, he looked very bad. So Malik, did Malik want uh, to to prove a point? Yes. Did he prove a point? Kind of, except the Wolves lost. So <laughs> point unproven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But also, I mean, if I were the Nuggets, I would trade. If, if I didn't have to give back all this salary, that, or if the Wolves didn't have to give back a ton of salary, I would definitely trade Gary Harris straight up for Malik Beasley. For Malik Beasley. I feel that. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to move on to, uh, oh, you know what time it is. I got to, uh, I have to do the think, Dylan. I have to bring in oh Ryan Saunders for. I'm so jealous. For his exit interview, I know, but I, you know, I, I promised the wolves that it would just be me. So if you could just leave the room for a bit, and we, you know, Ryan and I can can talk. This is this is what I get from moving out to LA. I don't get these opportunities. Sorry, buddy. Ryan, you can um you can come in now. Um, cool. So um, you want me to sit right here? Is this a yeah, sit, this, sit right there? That's perfect. Um, I should introduce myself. We met a couple years ago, actually, at a season ticket holders uh, uh, event. I asked a really good question. You were very impressed. Um, it was about Chashikogi and and the Nigeria team. Maybe you remember I gave you a card for the podcast. Um, I, you said you were going to listen. I really hope you did. Um, anyway, I'm Chilanga. Nice to re-meet you. Uh, I guess it's 
um, nice to meet you too. So, um, you know, like, uh, okay. Um, first I just want to say it, it'll help you a lot in this interview if you can look me in the eyes. So let's just start there. Um, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Sound good. You know, basketball is a tough game and, uh, eye contact is, uh, is important. It's important. Okay, I'm just going to ask you the questions. Glenn gave me a few questions that I need to ask you, and let's just see how this goes. So first, uh, the Wolves play Denver again later this week. Uh, Jamal Murray had a, had a hell of a game. What's your plan to to help uh, neutralize him next game? You know, uh, Jamal Murray's a good player. Uh, he's he's you know you know you, you you can't do much against him. You know, he's just he's going to hit some shots. You know, and um you know uh zone defense uh you know and um. And and you know, uh, you know, Jokic, you know, good player, good player. You can't do much against him. You know, it's he he's a good player. You really you really can't. You know, and um and, and you know Ed Davis, good player, but not as good, not as good as 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 you know. Oh, okay, you know, okay. You know? Um, thank you, Ryan. That that was um, it's clear that you have a lot of uh, thoughts about the game and and you just like you you know you want to share all your thoughts but let's try to stay focused okay so really listen to this question and, and give it your best answer all right there's a lot writing on on these questions are you ready for the next question uh yeah of course you know yep okay so what would your ideal offensive identity be for this team what do you want this team's offense to look like you know lots of versatility first of all you know you need you need a lot of people on the ball you know, you know, a lot of people dribbling, you know, and then after they dribble, you know, they got to score, you know, score the ball, put the ball in the basket. You know, that's the ultimate goal. But the other goal is, you know, after you get the rebound, you know, just take the ball just down the court. You know, you just have to take it all the way down the court. And then, you know, if it gets into the basket, great. If it doesn't get in the basket, you know, you got to get back on defense, you know, well, sometimes, you know. Okay, so just to be clear, you want the offensive system to be take the ball down the court and put it in the basket. You know, um, you know, ultimately, if it, the ball gets in the basket, great. But if it doesn't get in the basket, you know, we're gonna have to deal with that when it comes to that. Okay, we're gonna try. We're gonna try one more question. We're gonna keep. We're gonna try to keep this really simple. I, I just want it. You're. There's five seconds left. You're down to. Can you like walk me through a play that you might call? You know, um. There was this call, you know, that I had against the Utah Jazz, you know, um, and 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 I was just like, you know, let's let's do a five second rule foul. Let's just get him, get him, you know, get him thinking, and get him thinking too hard, and you know, you get him a five second foul, and if you get him a five second foul, that's gonna be trouble for him, you know, and 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 then we get the ball back, you know, and um, and it's gonna be good for the team. It's gonna be really good for the team to get the ball back, and then you know, you get the ball, and you put the ball in, um. You know, Carl Anthony Towns' hands. I, I put the ball in Carl Anthony Towns' hands. That was my decision. You know, um, and and he got the ball. You know, to Malik Beasley, and Malik Beasley made the shot. And you know, you, it's a make or miss league. You know, so um, I I got really lucky. Okay, Ryan, I think I've heard enough. Um, you did a a, a terrible job in this exit interview. I was trying to like really see some 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 basketball brilliance from you. To see if you knew what you were doing, and unfortunately, this was pretty rough. So this is word from Glenn. He said, it's been really nice working for uh, with you, and we'd love to have you around. Um, you're welcome to Mankato anytime for my wife's lasagna. But unfortunately, we're going to have to be moving on from you as head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. What? 
you're fired. I'm sorry, Ryan. Um, you know, doors that way. You can see yourself out, buddy. You know, we can. We're you know we're gonna work on this. We can work this through pack practice. We, you know, we you know me and Vanderpool, we, we can deal with this. And you know, me and Prigioni, we can we can do some offensive sets. You know, we, we can deal with this. We can we, we uh, I can start Ed Davis at the five. You know, and yeah, change things. No, up. you know, we'll be we'll be working with uh, Pablo and and david and and kevin don't worry we'll we're gonna we're gonna take care of it but for now um why don't you just okay go uh let your family know and and well, you know try to try to try to relax okay buddy it's been a pleasure um you know um i thank you to the entire team. thank you so much for having me and uh thank Oof. you so much for to the coast coast Wait, uh, what's the name of your podcast now? Uh, we're the C&B Pod. I'm glad you remember the old. Clearly, you've used the card that I gave you. That's great. Yeah, I, I will be calling you. Uh, I might I might have to be a uh, guest on the podcast uh, coming coming soon. So We would love to have you on, Ryan. I, I, I love you. I'm a fan. I Dylan, not so much. Here. The Timberwolves, not so much. But me, I'm a big fan. Have a good night, and I hope 2021 brings you lots of blessings. All right? So long, Ryan. All right, Dylan, you can come back in now, buddy. Oh, God, how was it? You had to break the news. Yo, I'm going to be honest. That was awkward as fuck. That dude is <laughs> that dude is awkward. Oh, my God. He was in here just rambling. I didn't know what he was talking about. I asked him a question about uh, shutting down Jamal Murray, and he started talking about how Ed Davis is a good player. Oh, my I don't know. God. <laughs> I, was to- I was totally shocked and confused, man. Good riddance. Good I riddance. I still can't believe I had to do that. That was like, that was really sad. I don't know Honestly, why. I think that was media hazing. I think <laughs> I think that Gerson Rosas was hazing you with that. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I think Dave Yeager is available as a coach. And, you know, he's wanted the, the Minnesota job for a long time. So crossing my fingers. Mm-hmm. Um all right, let's move on from that like truly crushing, depressing moment, um, and let's end our pod with some fun and lighthearted trades. <laughs> These are uh, fun and lighthearted trades. Fuck, uh, they're not well, fun. Wait, how many did you get? And how many I, did you end up I have, with? I have one Timberwolves trade and one James Harden trade. So that we're okay. gonna do Timberwolves trades and we're gonna do a James Harden trade because those are things we want to see. Let me start because I have a couple. Perfect. Okay. Just hear me out here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Timberwolves receive Pascal Siakam. Say what? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, okay. Pascal Siakam has not been playing very well for the Raptors. They are very mad at him. I think they're currently one and four. Not going to double check it, but at some point they were one and four. Uh, the Raptors not looking very good. Pascal Siakam looking like the problem. And the Timberwolves are going to send over D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and what else? What else are they going to send? I feel like uh, they're going to send a, they're going to send a 2022 first. That's the one that we can No, 10, 2023. Yeah. 20, that's the yeah. first we can send unprotected. Um, oh, well, I guess. Uh, oof. Pascal's making 30 million for the next four years. D'Angelo Russell is 28.6 right now. Three years left. I think they're both probably increasing at this point. I love that for the Wolves. Uh, if I'm if I'm the Raptors, I say, hell no, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> that's fine. What do you got? But I, I love. Uh, I I think that's a very inspired trade. All right, Dylan, 
This one is just for you. As a Carl Anthony Towns truth, truther, I, I, I made a trade that is going to at least hopefully make you laugh. I love so, it. I love it. In this trade... If you have the same trade that I have, by the way, I'm going to spit out my something. <laughs> we'll see. In this trade, the Timberwolves trade Juancho Hernan Gomez and Carl Anthony Towns to the Golden State Warriors for Andrew Wiggins, James oh. Wiseman... No! And the picks. No! <laughs> oh, Dylan just walked away. <laughs> this is this is bad news. Well, let me explain myself for a minute. <laughs> that would have the Wolves moving forward with with a core of Anthony Edwards and James Weissman. Of course, it sounds amazing. Jarrett Culver. Oh, can you picture the starting lineup? Ricky Rubio. Andrew Wiggins, Jarrett Culver, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and we're running. We're just running up and down the court. I don't know if we're Anthony Edwards missing, is going to get the memo here. We're missing threes. We're uh, not moving the ball very well. We're. <laughs> that sounds like the 2014 Timberwolves. Oh, boy. Um, 2014-15, I should say. Yeah, it's not great. Oh, and I forgot Malik Beasley would still on the team, so he would, you know, he would be on the team too. Oh, um, okay. Maybe he could so, start in place of Andrew Wiggins. I would think that um Andrew Wiggins would probably start. Uh, oh, I think God. that uh maybe maybe uh it would be Andrew Wiggins at the four. Finally, we've solved our four problem. Oh, that's a negative <laughs> ten out of ten. That's a negative ten out of ten. Yeah, I, I knew it was bad. I just wanted to make you laugh, and it worked, right? Wait, no, that didn't make me laugh. That made me cry. Chalanga, here's <laughs> my Carl Anthony Towns trade. Okay, okay, okay. We are sending Carl Anthony Towns and Jordan McLaughlin. I'm so sorry to all the Wolves. Uh, I don't know what what do you call them? What what are the what are the Jordan McLaughlin stands on the Wolves called? I don't know, but they should get a name because they are the, ferocious. Um, the Jay Mackinites. Yeah, the Mackinites. The Mackinites. <laughs> they are saying. To the Brooklyn Nets. Oh. Yes. The Brooklyn Nets oh. are like, like, we don't, you know, we, we're kind of we're kind of getting cold on James Harden, but we do need another player. Uh Spencer Dinwiddie's out, and we need to upgrade because we thought we were going to be awesome, but we're not going to be awesome. Now we want Carl Anthony Towns. But we will send you Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Landry Shamit. The 2020-22 unprotected first, 2024 unprotected first, 2026 unprotected first, and their 2025 unprotected round two via the Golden State Warriors. This is going to be sad, but I don't know if Carl Anthony Towns is worth that much. (laughs) I know it's sad, and he probably is. He probably is, right? Like, he is one of the most promising young-ish talents in the league. So he probably is worth that much. But I don't know if a team that's trying to win a championship is going to be like, yeah, let's sell our roster for this player who has never won (laughs) anything. He has four years left on his deal in his defense. Jared Allen is a restricted Mm -hmm. free agent. And Spencer Dinwiddie's hurt. And Karis LeVert is great, but like obviously not in Carlton Town's stratosphere. He's not even starting for this team. That would give the Nets yeah. a big three. That would that would make them immediate, immediate favorites, I would assume. 
in, in the and East. you know I think it's fun that it's kind of a re a running the Brooklyn Nets team back that got D'Lo to the to the All Star game. That's that's pretty fun. I like this. I uh, I'm glad that you also did a call trade. <laughs> I think yours is significantly better than mine, but I'm still in on the Wiggins for Carl no. trade bandwagon. No. Oh God, I hate you, Chalanka. What do you have <laughs> for James Harden? All right, I have one James Harden trade, and that trade is the Houston Rockets receive Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. And whatever requisite picks it takes to make that work. So I, I would think if you're getting an all-star in return for James Harden and Lonzo Ball, who is definitely promising as a young player, I would think that two future firsts would possibly be enough to make it work. Oh, um, I think so. I really, I think this is realistic. But also, I don't know if David Griffin's going to do this because I think David Griffin probably likes Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram's been the best player on the Pelicans thus far. The per- the player that I'm worried about on the Pelicans right now is Zion. Zion yeah. looks slow. He looks a little chunky. And remember when I sent you that tweet, or did I send you, I sent you a video where I zoomed in on, it was like the three highest scoring players uh, who were under 21 on Christmas day. And it was LeBron James, Zion Williamson, and Andrew Bynum. Ah! <laughs> Speaking of players who were too slow and just could not make it in the NBA in the long run, that's what I'm worried about is that he's going to be a little bit too slow for this NBA and that he's never going to ever be in the shape that we want him to be. Zion is just kind of like the perfect cross section between, uh, and, uh, LeBron James and Andrew Bynum, right? Like he's just like (laughs) right in between, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, those the perfect two. spot for him to be. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> that's really funny. Uh my thing is like I'm a Zion believer because I think it's more fun. And what I do believe also with Zion is that if you're gonna win with him, you gotta do it before he's 26. <laughs> um, I think he's gonna go the Blake route uh sooner rather than later and james harden gives you your best chance to maximize uh zion's athletic prime so that's where Uh, i'm at with that fair enough i personally and they've got so many extra uh first round draft picks that they can just really throw stuff out there and still be able to build through the draft (laughs) or get better you know in the future with other first cares it's it's literally a flyer at this point but Mm -hmm. in my in my unprofessional stupid ass opinion i'm the only person who probably thinks this in the world i think i would rather trade zion than brandon ingram yeah you are the only person who thinks that and i respect that (laughs) that's something i respect about you dylan you say what's on your mind no matter how stupid it is (laughs) (laughs) all right uh what's your hardened trade yeah here it is uh, the Rockets. Wait, I don't know which way to do this. PJ Tucker. No, it's it's one team, but I just wanted okay. to make I wanted to tease it a little bit. PJ Tucker and James Harden are going to the Good Indiana team. Pacers. Sick. And the Rockets are receiving Victor Oladipo, TJ Warren, Miles Turner, and a 2023 Pacers unprotected first round pick. Okay, hold up. So who's left on the? So it's Brogdon, Harden. Sabonis, yeah. Turner, Justin Holiday, Aaron Holiday. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah, or uh Lamb. We have Jeremy Lamb as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, uh, that's interesting. And, and at backup five, you have Goga, 
which is kind of what you wanted him to be the whole time. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's good, unfortunately, but is, it's, it's early. But the backup five is the easiest position to replace. Yeah, I so, mean, it's, you have P.J. Tucker at backup five. Oh, that's true. That's 100% true. Okay, mm-hmm. so I think that that gets them into a conversation for the Eastern Conference Finals, but I don't know if that gets them to the Eastern Conference or to the Finals Finals. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm on the fence about this, but I think it's way more interesting for James Harden to go to a rando team. Yeah, I'm look, I'm I actually looked at the Pacers for a while because I was like, oh, if you're the Pacers, but I I of course because I am I'm a Sabonis hater. I mean, I I, lo- I think he's good. I think he is a, an excellent offensive player. He's a great passer, and he's he's a fine defender. I just don't think that he is the like the, the second best player to get you to. A championship right i like don't, i wonder if he's he's even the third best player because then his role d- diminishes too much and i i, I just have problems with him on a, on a real competitive team but yeah my my wonder is like does pj tucker make up for that defensively for you and mm-hmm. is that interesting i feel like that could be a little bit interesting with him pairing with pj tucker well i, I kind of view it as like the dilemma. So, like Kevin Love became a, a, a an optimal third best player because his shooting got good, like so good that it that it worked, you know. And and granted, the last time we saw Sabonis t- like tucked in a corner, it was his rookie year, and it, so it looked really bad. But it, you know, if he can't shoot at like a Kevin Love Cavaliers heyday level, then like he's a pretty high usage guy. I. Uh, uh, I I like it though. I like it. I think if you're Indiana, if I was an Indiana fan, I'd say yes. Like, let's go. This team isn't going anywhere. Let's let's get to the Eastern Conference Finals and have fun. If you're Houston, are you taking Miles Turner, TJ Warren, and Victor Oladipo, and a first round pick unprotected in 2022? I would need way more picks. Is the okay. thing? Okay. Yeah, because That's I don't fair. get a I don't get a single like all star there. Understandable. Even Definitely though not West Oladipo has looked okay. For he has sure. pretty good. That's why that's why I think that if Victor Oladipo can keep showing it for a week or two, I think that this is a possibility. This is something but that like, I, would, I would explore on both ends like for from each team. Yeah, if I could get if I could get five first round picks, if I could get the same amount of picks that Milwaukee got for Drew Holiday and still keep a competitive team, I would be that then cuz like with John Wall, Oladipo, Turner um and would. Who else was, would no? Who else was in that trade? Oh yeah, uh, it would be oh, TJ Warren. Warren. Yeah, I mean that team could make the playoffs in the West. Oh, I like. I think so. Yeah. For sure. So that, that's interesting. I really like that. I'm gonna be thinking about that a lot, Dylan. Um, cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the CND Pod. Um, we really appreciate you coming with us on this journey. Like I said, I'm coming back from a crazy week, and so my brain is a little. Um, thanks for bearing with me. Hashtag uh, don't forget life is a highway. <laughs> don't forget to subscribe uh, and download and leave a rating and review. Um, shouts to Tommy Franklin for leaving us a five star review. You're my guy. Oh, I don't know who Tommy uh, Franklin is. Who is that? That's my dude. He hosts the Weapon of Choice podcast. And if you're not listening to Weapon of Choice podcast, you got to listen today. Yeah, it is. It is really great. They talk to artists about um, what is what is it they do, why they do it, blah blah blah. It's it's really beautiful. 
anyway, uh, follow us on socials at CND Pod on Twitter, at CND Pod on Instagram. Send us an email at coasttocoastmbapod at gmail.com. Uh, you know what you did, Tony B. Shouts to Tim Kamatsu. Always. My best friend from high school, Scott Jensen, who listens to the podcast and asked me, he's like, you don't know what goat weed? Is it goat weed? Horny goat, horny goat weed. Horny dude. All right. If you know what horny goat weed is, please at Dill Don't Please or at CND Pod on Twitter. Send me pictures. What it is. Send me pictures. Um, I need evidence. Thank you all so much. Have a good night. I love you. Love you. Bye.